Coming up on today's edition of the DNC Podcast, Dustin and I get into the NFL because there's so much that happened this weekend that we really didn't want to take time for anything else. But we talk about the Chiefs and the Packers game. That was super wild. Jordan Love's first start and the Chiefs' woes continue. Patrick Mahomes' bad play continues. Talk about my beloved Dallas Cowboys getting absolutely stomped by the Denver Broncos. Uh, we talk about the New England Patriots going on a run here, only being a game out of the AFC East, and the Bills losing to the Jacksonville Jaguars 6-9. A lot of crazy storylines, so we get into all that and more. Enjoy this one. This one was actually controversial at times, but very good. So enjoy this one. Let's go. In a year that has been so improbable, the impossible has happened. I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. Having a 37-year-old Cincinnati. Episode 81 of the DNC podcast. Honestly, bro, I have no idea who's good in the NFL. Like, I had all my projections going into last week, right? My Rams, your Cowboys. The Bengals look like they're on the up and up, and everybody got smashed. It kind of felt like Groundhog's Day where like everybody like kept losing who you thought were going to win, and all I thought was, like, I'm so happy I don't bet on sports because if so, I would have been out thousands of dollars yesterday. Yeah, that would have been the absolute truth for sure. I mean, I looked at so many games. Like I have a friend of mine that bets every week on all the games, and I'm pretty sure his list was upside down because, I mean, Falcons beating the Saints um, – Obviously, the Broncos beating us, Browns beating the Bengals. Um, I guess I mean, Urban Meyer's taking trying, the Chargers. Yeah, Urban Meyer's trying to keep his job now. I guess. Yeah, I saw that this was their first win on U.S. soil in like 425 days. I don't know. Anyway, but yeah, super crazy week. I figured. Well, we both decided, obviously, that we would spend this whole podcast talking about all of the games because there were so many crazy things that happened, and we just wanted to take all of our time on the NFL. Because uh, college football wasn't that exciting this week. I mean, Michigan State went down. Um, you know, after – you know, you, you said this last week, which is super true. You know, they expended a lot of energy to beat Michigan. It was a super emotional game, right? Like rivalry game and um, you're undefeated, you know, potentially making a run at the college football playoff and then you lose to Purdue. Purdue's taking out two top ten teams this year. They beat Iowa and now Michigan State. But they can't beat other teams. So, you know, it's, it's makers, baby. The Boilermakers. They do have fresh unis, though. All right. So, Dust, let's kick it off, man. Um, so, Brown, Browns, Bengals, right? Battle of Ohio. Um, Apparently, OBJ uh, was a problem. He's not. Uh, I have a lot to say about that, honestly. So, there's some film that came out um, that somebody broke down. Now, I, I understand these were a few throws and th- these were a few passing plays. So, it wasn't like it's not every play the Browns have run on offense since OBJ's gotten there. But, um, yeah, it's. I um I just don't see OBJ being the problem. Now I understand from his I'm dad talking about from, made a nine minute highlight video bashing Baker. That's like all time goat dad stuff. That's like Lamar. That is amazing. That's like is he Lamar, in high school. That's like Lamar Ball. Like that's something Lamar Ball would do to get Lonzo oh, traded. Oh yeah, from Lavar. Lavar. Yeah, it's like literally his dad makes a nine minute highlight video the day before the trade deadline of all the throws Baker. <laughs> You've got to love it, man. Oh, like man. it's who genuinely do you think Baker Mayfield? Cause we've talked about this a ton on our show. 
do you think Baker Mayfield is the problem more than OBJ? Now, look, from my standpoint, if we're just talking on the field, I don't think OBJ is the problem. Now, locker room, there's supposedly a, a few guys that leaked some quotes about him being like a recluse, like isolating himself, not really, not really hanging out with the team, not talking to anybody, which is kind of surprising to me to hear that because his best friend, like literally childhood best friend, Jarvis Landry is on the team. So I don't know, man. I just don't see how on the field OBJ was an issue. I understand he can't stay healthy, but Baker locks on guys. And we've, I think you actually said it like two years ago on the show. Um, but what are your thoughts, man? I mean, the, the OBJ situation, I sent you a graphic, I think a few days ago about like a side-by-side comparison on his last year at the Browns and Moss's last year in Oakland, right? So Moss's last year in Oakland, age 28, was averaging about three grabs a game for 53 yards. OBJ in his extent in Cleveland was averaging four grabs a day for 55 yards, right? And kind of how I look at OBJ at this point in his career is, to me, he's a heck of a talent. He's just a typical this generation athlete where it's all about OBJ. Like, I really think the concern with OBJ is he has to be a huge part of your offense. And if he's not a huge part of your offense or you're not consistently blowing teams out and getting 12 wins a year, that's where he's going to be a distraction. Like when you look at the Randy Moss situation, he gets traded to Oakland and he just doesn't perform well. Like you you almost get like have a sense that he's given up. And there's a few highlights I even saw of OBJ where it seems like a lot of times Baker's biggest thing was like he locks on the guys, right? I think he makes his first like read before the ball snapped and that's where he's going to go with the ball. But there are some plays I saw of OBJ where it looked like he was like kind of like jogging in and out where it seemed like he was getting frustrated. And I get it. Like to be that talented and not get the ball or be like, that part of the offense where like the coaching staff is deliberately drawing up plays to get you the ball, it has to be frustrating. At the same time, like you're still a professional athlete and you have to go out there and play. And so I think from a talent standpoint, OBJ in my mind, even though we haven't seen it for a few years, I still think he can be that guy. Like he's 29. He hasn't taken the hits over the last few years because he's kind of been unhealthy. Yeah, that's a good and point. he just hasn't been a huge priority of the offense. But I think for him, fit is going to be so important. And that's why I think if I'm a bottom dweller in the NFL, I don't claim him, right? Because I don't want to bring that to my locker room where I think there's only a few teams where he's going to fit from a structure standpoint. And it has to be teams with, you know, a veteran quarterback or a coaching staff that he trusts. Um, Send him to New England, baby. Which which, which leaves a few teams, which leaves a few teams, you know. You talked about Moss in Oakland. Where did he go next? He went to your beloved New England Patriots. I'm just saying, man, like – I feel like he would behave at least enough under Bill. Like if he could do with Randy, he can do with OBJ. Okay. So if you get back a real number one, man, you guys are on a, a, and dude, your next few games are not that tough. Like I said it, you guys are going to go on a run. And um, I think that'd be a great addition, but we shall see. I don't think we get get him. I think he goes to New Orleans, which I don't really get because they don't have a quarterback. But Sean Payton seems like the type of guy that might make that move, might overpay. They have the Michael Thomas situation. But then again, I feel like the Saints aren't a great situation for him. Or like maybe you sign there, you go back to Louisiana, right? He played at LSU. He loves yeah. that area. But you you know, you have Trevor Simeon now leading that team and the same right. division as the Bucks. And to me, that's not I mean, could you imagine if the Bucks got him? That would be crazy. I mean, they took on Antonio Brown, so you never know. 
Yeah, that is true. They would pull some stuff like that, or the Rams. I could see the Rams doing that. Yeah. But so let's let's get into your uh, let's get into your Cowboys Broncos game, right? So I think uh, um, I've been dreading this. A little bit alarming, right? I think is a is a polite way to say it. You know, um, killed you guys time of possessions. They really ran the ball, right? That was kind of the story right. of the game. Zach, it was the first game where he really looked rusty, and I realize he's been out for like two weeks, but the fool also missed a whole season with an ankle injury, right? And so. We've kind of been talking about this the last few weeks, like, hey, like everyone kind of has one of those games a year, right? Yeah. Um, for sure. And like we talked about, like, hey, was Minnesota going to be that game, right? And I think the fact that like Cooper Rush came in and you didn't need a beat, you're like, all right, we're not going to have that. And then you had, and I think really what it comes down to is like, how do you guys respond this week? If you guys respond this week, I'm not overly concerned. My biggest takeaway from this weekend is like, there's a lot of teams that have a chance. And it's really going to come down to who, who executes. But did you have any like glaring concerns after Sunday's performance? Yeah, I mean a ton. First, the defense was in 2020 midseason form, which last year we had a historically bad defense, which that's really what concerned me going into this year and why I picked Washington to win the division. But the defense has been really, really solid this year. Um it wasn't like we lost to an explosive offense. And that's what was confusing to me and concerning for me is they moved the ball at will. Um, Teddy Bridgewater was Teddy Bridgewater. He was efficient, um, didn't turn the ball over. And Melvin Gordon was averaging six yards a carry. I mean, you can't stop a team that's able to rush the ball for five, six yards a carry. You just can't. And it was the whole game. It wasn't like there were spurts where he would like bust one. It was all game and offensively like could not get in rhythm. Absolutely could not get in rhythm. And um, there was a few drops, but overall like Dak didn't play well. You know, people would look at a stat line, but look at the end of the game, like it was garbage time. This is where he got a lot of his stats last year was it was in garbage time. Like this game was a complete blowout, a complete blowout. Um, it wasn't a 14 point uh, game, which is what the final score was 30 to 16. This was an absolute dismantling of us. And here's, here's the thing. It's one game. Denver's not a horrible team, but they're not a great team. And so for me, you're, you said it best. And that's what I was kind of saying to myself is I was like, next week against Atlanta is going to tell what type of team we are. Because in years past, we lay down. We play down the teams. We fold when times get tough. And this is going to really show the type of head coach that Mike McCarthy is. I'm not a huge fan of Mike McCarthy. But – Seeing how we respond to this type of adversity and this type of loss is going to dictate the rest of the season. I'm okay with a loss, and I'm okay with a loss of this magnitude as long as it doesn't hamper the rest of the season. They've got to show up next week in Atlanta, put their foot down, show the world who we've been all season, and dominate. Like, And if that happens, then I'm fine. Um, but if this starts to linger the way the defense was playing – arm tackles, out of position, letting guys like Melvin Gordon run through them for six yards a carry. Uh, Dak looked incredibly disrupted in the pocket. You know, it's like you lose Von Miller and they don't need, they didn't even have Bradley Chubb on the field. And it's like they were getting to Dak at will, you know, not having Tyron Smith, which is super typical, right? Like he usually misses four to five games a year. So not having him in the lineup is, is a huge detriment for Dak, but Look, I just think we have to we have to respond to this in a positive way, and if we do, I'll, I'll be I'll be totally fine with it. But yeah, I mean, it was definitely a concerning loss for sure. So I got a I got I think this might be controversial, but 
I want to get your thoughts on this. So Arizona yesterday, right? No Kyler Murray, no DeAndre Hopkins. Chase Edmonds gets hurt the first series of the game, and they go into San Francisco, and they whoop the Niners. 31-17. Is Kyle Shanahan the most overrated coach in the NFL? He's 32 and 39, right? And I get he had, you know, the Super Bowl run, and then Jimmy G's been hurt, and everyone says, like, oh, like, you know, look at the record when Jimmy G's healthy and when he's not. But then, like, I look at other teams, and it's like, look what the Titans did last night without Derrick Henry. The Packers made it a game with the Chiefs, with Jordan Love probably playing the worst game of quarterback all year. Kyle Shanahan is a fully healthy team for the most part, and they get whooped by James Conner and Colt McCoy. So I think it's a two-part answer for me. One, I, I don't think you're often saying that. Like, I think it's a valid question. But if I look at the Niners roster, they're really not that good. Defensively, they have some real players, okay? But if you look offensively, I mean, Jimmy G, J- Jimmy G had a solid game. It wasn't great, but he had a solid game. Um, but if you look at the running backs, I mean, it, I, I'm looking at the roster right now. Trenton Cannon. Jamichael Hasty, Elijah Mitchell, Raheem Mort, uh, Mostert, Trey Sermon, Jeff Wilson Jr. Like none of those guys scare you. Receivers, <clears throat> Brandon Ayuk, who really had a solid rookie season and then just hasn't been effective this year. Travis Benjamin, River uh, River Craft, Crawcraft. I don't even know how you would pronounce that. Jalen Hurd, Richie James, Debo Samuel's been their best player offensively. Um, you know, and then George Kittle finally came back. Like, George Kittle's now made of glass. Like, he's always hurt. So, offensively, like, they don't have a ton of weapons. So, the fact that Jimmy G can still put up 300 yards passing through the air, and I understand that they were down the majority of the game, so they had to throw the ball. Um, but, again, it's obviously still difficult when the defense knows that you're going to throw the ball and you can still do it effectively. But, you know, defensively is where I've been, like, very, very concerned, you know, because – They've got a lot of studs, man. I mean, Eric Armstead, you got Nick Bosa, D Ford. Um, you know, so there's there's some guys on that defense that can really play. And so, um, you know, Fred Warner, obviously a beast as well, but it's I that's where my concern is, you know, and I just don't think they're as good as people think. Like I think a lot of people see them as the same Super Bowl roster uh from a few years back. They're just not. So um, but again. I think at the end of the day, like it does fall on like everything rises and falls on leadership. So at the end of the day, like you have the roster you have and you've got to, you got to make the most of it. And so, um, and then my second part is like, they're in a tough division too. So, you know, Arizona's obviously been the surprise team of the NFL this year. Um, you know, yeah. Is it concerning? They lost without Kyler and AJ green and D hop and for sure. Like you would, you would think like, Hey, this is maybe like a week that San Francisco can grab a, a win and upset victory over, you know, the NFL's best team. Um, and they didn't. So I, yeah, I mean, like, I, what, I, like Sean's done Sean McVay the last two years. Right. And he obviously had Jared Goff. Right. And so it's like, when you have the Rams of Jared Goff, right. Like I think we've always thought like Cooper cup and like Robert Woods are nice guys. Right. They really didn't have a running back for the last two years. Cam Akers like came out of Florida state, but he was a rookie kind of running back by committee. And then they had, you know, Aaron Donald and everybody else defensively. And it kind of reminds me of the Niners. And I get that like Shanahan's like this, like creative play caller, but I feel like over the years, because of like, I don't know if it's like the family pedigree, we're like putting him in this like upper echelon of head coaches. But like, when I look at what Matt LaFleur did yesterday, right. To lose by six points to the chiefs minus Aaron Rodgers, right. 
you have a missed field goal, a blocked field goal. And if Jordan Love just like throws a catchable ball to Devontae in that fourth quarter, they they win that game in Kansas City with the worst quarterback. I mean, Jordan Love was so bad on Sunday, he made Justin Fields look like a future Hall of Famer. And Justin Fields has been trashed this year, right? And they're in that football game. And you look at the week before against Arizona, you're missing uh, Devontae Adams, who's your only offensive weapon, and you're in that football game. And to me, like, that's great coaching. You look at Vrabel. You look at how the heck John Harbaugh wins every single game with Lamar Jackson. Like, to me, that is great coaching. And I look at Sean Mc... And I look at this guy, and I'm like, all right, you don't have the best roster in the NFL, but, like, you have as good of a roster as the Raiders, right? And you look at the Raiders division, and it's like, I just... I feel like... You got you switched that guy's last name, but his name's John Smith. I, I don't know if he's getting the love he's getting today. Yeah, no, you're yeah, you're on it with that. I mean, that's that is a great point. That his name's obviously keeping him in the conversation, and I think the fact that he, he's a couple years removed from a Super Bowl, um, it's very hard to lump those two things together. Where it's like, you know, two years ago you're in a Super Bowl, two years later you're on the hot seat, right? Like. That's why the Doug Peterson thing was super controversial in Philly because it's like they just won a Super Bowl. And now it's like you're going to fire him and get rid of your franchise quarterback. Um, so, no, I think it's absolutely fair to criticize that. And and when you look at their roster, even though like my defense of that is that they're not as good as people think because they're not. But you, you brought up a lot of great examples. Tennessee last night going up against arguably the best team in football and destroyed them. With Ryan Tannehill. Now they've got a really solid offensive line. You got AJ Green, you got, uh, or sorry, you have Julio Jones, you have AJ Brown. Um, like you've got some dudes on that team. Defensively, they're solid too. So it's not like they're a scrub roster that just like is overcoming adversity. If you want to talk about a team, like let's talk about your team. Let's talk about the Pats and Bill. Like, find, like please point to a guy on that team where you're like, wow, superstar. Like, Dante Hightower's older. I know uh, uh, Matt Judon's had a solid season. Hunter Henry, I loved the acquisition. Um, and and Johnny Smith, but I, I don't feel like they've just had like breakout seasons or anything. Um, you guys have very little talent um, and Bill's getting the most of it. And so that's, I agree with you. It's the same you and I talk about all the time with quarterbacks. It's like, how what are you going to do with the little amount of talent that you have surrounding you? And that's what Bill's always done best is Bill's always been able to get the absolute most out of every single player on the football field. And, and I agree with you, like Shanahan, Shanahan needs to do better. Um, and I think like you draft, you trade up to draft Trey Lance, right? So like, I, I think if Trey does not you hear Montana come out this week, I did. I did. I, and I would have taken Mac too. I, there's, there's no Mac. reason why you trade up to take Trey Lance there. I just don't get it. Like, I don't understand it, man. Um, it'd be one thing if you were later in the first round and he fell on your lap and you really liked him, but you liked a few other guys better, but they already got drafted. Then I can understand taking taking Trey Lance. But to like give up the draft capital that you did for a guy who played like a season in FCS, not even at the full Division One FBS level, I just don't get it, man. Um, but I'm super happy for you and Mac. Mac's happy. He wanted to go to New England, bro. He didn't want to play for the freaking Niners. So... Um, yeah, man, I, I think it's very fair to criticize him. I don't want to like continue to harp on that. Yeah. Um, but I, I I completely agree with you. And um I think that his decision to draft Trey Lance is gonna make or break him. Real quick, we just kind of touched on the Green Bay game because I want to chat about that for a second. I texted you during the game and I said, Hey, 
This might have been one of the most monumental, catastrophic decisions in their franchise's history to draft Jordan Love. Um, somebody said, you know, during the game, they're like, oh, it was Troy Aikman. He was like, this is a tough environment for your first NFL start. Like, it's you're thrown in, sink or swim. And he's like, it's basically been sinking the whole game for Jordan, Jordan Love. And look, it just just to, you know, on some level in his defense, say like, this was definitely a tough first start. But at the same time, Kansas City's not that good this year. Like the fact that Kansas City won by six against this horrific quarterback performance, like Mahomes, Mahomes didn't even surpass the hundred yard mark till the end of the third quarter, bro. Like I just, I like, I like, I like the Packers more after this game than I did oh, before yeah. this game. Oh like, yeah, even with Absolutely. the loss, like they held Mahomes. I think you're into the stat, bro. Twenty of thirty-seven. For 166, they have that first drive of the game where he hits Kelsey early for a touchdown. You're like, oh crap, Kansas City's back. They're about to roll, and then they do nothing. They get two field goals. They do. They score nothing in the second half. The Chiefs, you could tell, like even when they were up in the game, and all they had to do until that final drive, just run the ball, crossing routes. He just continued to press and press and press. And even that BS third down conversion where like everybody's showing that highlight of Patrick Mahomes. It's like, all right, cool. Like he made that one play. We also missed the eight times he did that before then. Like he was 20 of 37 versus the Packers. Like the Packers are a good defense. They're a solid defense. I think that's why I'm like so impressed with like Matt LaFleur, even though he's more of an offensive mind like, he has that team playing like they've honestly been, yeah. even though they haven't won a Super Bowl, they've probably been the most consistent team in football the last two years. They've made the playoffs. They've, you know, you know, only lost two or three years. games. Yeah. I mean, they've literally been the model of consistency. And then, you know, a lot of the times we feel like we're giving Aaron Rodgers a credit, which I think, you know, he deserves a lot of it. Right. But for them to be in this game, for him to figure out a game plan and back to back weeks, Devonte Adams out last week, run the ball, you know, the Chiefs had to know the Packers were going to run the ball this game because Rodgers yep. out, and they were still in this football game. I mean, they should have won. They missed a field goal. A field goal got blocked. And, like, Jordan Love, although he, like, didn't play well, he didn't look that much worse than Patrick Mahomes, which is crazy. <laughs> like, that's crazy to say. And, yeah. Jordan, you know, it was just I, – I, I feel like when Rodgers gets back and everyone's, like, acting like this whole Rodgers situation, like, the only thing about the Rodgers situation, I'm going to briefly talk about it, that I dislike is, like, I just wish he would have been honest. Like, if you want to get vaccinated, cool. If you don't want to get vaccinated, cool. Like, I would have just been honest about it, right? Because now it's like he's backpedaling me, like, oh, I didn't get vaccinated because I have family stuff and medical stuff. It's like, all right, cool. Then why did you say you got immunized, right? Like, that's the part for me that I don't understand. But this Packers roster, when he gets back, well, I'll say this in defense of that. Number one, he doesn't have to share his, his vaccination status with anybody. And you know you know that just like you and I agree with that, right? So like he doesn't have to share that with anybody. Apparently we're in this new world where HIPAA law doesn't matter and we don't have to. And we have to disclose all of our medical records to uh, society because they want to know about some um, vaccine that is transmitting COVID at a, a higher and rapid rate than, than non-vaccinated people. And then the second thing is, is, Technically, like if you if you've had COVID and you have the antibodies, you are immunized. Like you are, you have natural immunity. So like he didn't lie. It's just he didn't come out and say which he didn't. He didn't say I'm vaccinated. He just said I'm immunized. So I just think this whole thing's been blown out of proportion because 
like he's Aaron Rodgers. So like they've got to use him as like the scapegoat because they're like, oh, we have a guy just like they've done with Kyrie. We have a guy that's a superstar and he didn't get the vaccine. So let's go ahead and make him the poster child for an irresponsible leader. Like it's just retarded. It's absolutely ridiculous. Like he doesn't have to tell anybody what the freaking heck he decides to do with his own personal health decisions. Like I just, this whole society that we have created now where we have to tell everybody what our status is, is retarded. Like this isn't 1940 Nazi Germany. It's retarded. So it's just like, I'm just saying, I know you feel the same way. I'm just personally saying like, I have no issue with what he did at all. In fact, I'm happy that he's continuing to push back against this idiocy that is the NFL, that they think they're untouchable, that they're creating this complete environment of, yeah, you need to do what we say and how we do it, or you're going to, it's like, it's retarded that somebody who's vaccinated can still get COVID, but they don't get fined. But somebody who isn't vaccinated, who gets COVID, they get fined. It's retarded. Like they're looking into suspending him. Like it's absolutely ridiculous. Anyway, that was just my defense of him not disagreeing with you because I know you feel the same way. I'm just saying like, it's retarded how they've handled this situation. And I'm glad he hasn't backed down, to be honest. Well, I think my part is like, I feel like he... I feel like he's not backing down now because he got the backlash, but I felt early, like he said the immunized piece, and I think it was like, I feel like he was doing it because he didn't want to take a stance. And I think that was my issue with him, where like, either don't take a stance, say you don't want to respond, but I felt like he personally like misleaded. And if no one would have known, he would have acted like he got the vaccine and he would have been my like, cool, safe guy because he didn't like want to stand up for what he believed in. Where now I feel like he's I think like, that's fair. a 360, which that's the part where it's like, it seems for me like the thing with Aaron Rodgers is like it's always kind of been about Aaron. Right. And I think that's, no, for sure. the, issue. that's for sure. the issue. And I'm like, for sure. I don't care what you're for. Like, that's what I've respected so much about Kyrie is like Kyrie like didn't like kind of 50-50, right? He's like, yo, I'm not getting vaccinated. Not even because right. I'm not sure if I want to, just because like I think it's BS that people are losing their jobs and I'm losing right, their right. chance for that. Where Rodgers right. like, I felt like he said it just because like he wanted people to think he was, which – Everyone's I think that's fair. They want to, you know what I mean? That was kind of my thing with Rodgers. But yeah, getting no, that's back to totally the, fair. Getting back to the game, like the Packers defense, like they've shown up all season. I think that's always been like the question mark because it's always been like Rodgers leading them. And I feel like this year it's like there's no excuse if they don't they don't go out and do it. Like right. their offense has been consistent. They're getting a great performance both from AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones. You still mm-hmm. have Devontae. Rodgers comes back with the way that defense playing. They're going to be formidable. Now, obviously, the Titans-Rams game, I think, was a shocker to a lot of people. But it seems like yep. Tennessee's, like, I heard an interesting stat where Tennessee has the most wins versus good teams in the NFL this year. And then you look at the rest of their season, and the rest of the season they have are really winnable games. So it's like, you look at the Rams, some of the Rams' wins have come against lesser opponents, at least record-wise. Sure. Where Tennessee, sure. like, nobody picked, like, I'm listening to the Sunday Night Football crew, nobody picked the Titans last night. Week before, two weeks before, nobody picked the Bills, right? I got to give you credit, right? You picked them from the so like jump. So it's like, and then they lose Derrick Henry, and their defense has been inconsistent, and their defense dominated that football game. I mean, Matthew Stafford, he looked like Jared Goff. Yeah, he had a bad game for he sure. He looked like Jared Goff. Like that's the yeah. worst insult you can give Matthew Stafford is you look like Jared <laughs> Goff. Like his interception when he was getting sacked, like a veteran quarterback just doesn't do that. You know, like. You take the right. safety there, or even with forward progress, they may have not called a safety, but you punt the ball there. And then for the Rams standpoint, I'm not like overly concerned because they spotted them 14 points. If not, they're like in that game. Like they were in that game until the fourth quarter. The defense just looked exhausted. So 
kind of what are your thoughts on both teams? Tennessee, are they, with the AFC being so shaken up, are they legit? And how concerned are you with the Rams? Well, like I was saying, I got to give you credit because you picked them from the jump. And I and I think I did say when we did our preseason picks that they'd be a playoff team, but I, I liked the Colts. And let me just say, our boy Carson Wentz, nobody's talking about this season this man's having, but I won't get into that right this second because you asked me a question. But yeah, I, I, I have to give you credit because I think Tennessee's for real, man. I really do. And it's not just because they didn't have Derrick Henry. Even if they had Derrick Henry and won this game, like I still would have been super impressed because I know the squad that the Rams have. Like this is a legitimate threat in the NFC. And they went into LA and slapped them around the field. Like it was super impressive. So on one hand, you know, with Tennessee, I'm super impressed. I think they have a legit squad that can take this thing the distance um, in the AFC, especially since the AFC is like super up and down this year. And with the Rams, I'm not super concerned just because I think Sean McVay is that dude. And look, like even last, like with our team, right? The Cowboys lost that game pretty handedly to the Broncos. And, you know, were there concerns in the game for sure? But as long as they bounce back, like it's, you're not going to steamroll every team every game unless you're the 2007 New England Patriots. But when you look at the Rams, I'm like, I'm not that concerned. Like, you lost to a really good football team in prime time, and it's okay. Like, you're getting Vaughn to add it to your defense. He didn't play last night. Um, and I just think this team's going to be just fine, man. Like, they're going to be in the mix for the NFC Championship. And, um, and yeah, like, I don't think – Stafford had a bad game, but Stafford hasn't played like this all season. Like, he's he – you're, you're allotted one bad game as a pro. Like, you're not going to be perfect every week, so – uh, I just think it was a big I, – I think for me it was a bigger win for Tennessee than it is like a bigger loss for the Rams in my opinion. That's a great um, So let's just talk about one last game uh, before we, we talk about the Monday night matchup. But that's the Bills and Jags. I know we touched on this a little bit, but what are your thoughts on the Bills? Okay, like I know this was big for you guys because technically you're, you're one game out, right? Like you need to beat Buffalo. Um what are your thoughts, man? I mean, like they're five and three. Josh Allen looked pretty bad. Um, there's been games where it's like, dude, okay, Buffalo looks like the team in the NFC, or the, excuse me, the AFC. And then there's games where, like, you watch like Jacksonville's so bad, like they're so bad, and you put up six. They need a running game, like that's their issue. They needed to draft a running back this year. They needed to trade for somebody like before the deadline because that that's their issue is they can't run the ball. They're so dependent on Josh Allen and Josh Allen has been great for last season and most of this season. But when your two leading running backs carry the ball nine times for 25 yards, you're just not going to win a lot of football games. Like that's the issue. Like Josh Allen seems like every other week is their leading rusher and you can't have that. Like he's your franchise quarterback. He needs to be able to play quarterback, not have to run the ball for you. It needs to be more like when you look at the situation in San Diego, right? And um, Justin Herbert can run the ball like when he needs to, but they're getting such a great performance from Eckler. Like Josh Allen has the weapons offensively, right? He has Stephon Diggs. They have Cole Beasley. They have Emmanuel Sanders. So like he has the options on the passing game, but really what's happening lately is they can't run the football game. And once you get into December and January in the playoffs, if you can't run the football, you're going to be in a lot of situations. And 
they're going to have to figure it out because all they have is Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. And it seems like every other week they can't decide which one's the guy. And I think it's because neither are, but one of them yeah, is going to have to step up. And if they don't get a consistent running game, they're going to struggle in the postseason. Um, defensively, they've been pretty sound um, for all of the all of the season. And offensively, they can be explosive. But I think once you get in December and January, you have to be able to run the ball. And the teams that yep. dominate, like even in Kansas City, like when they get towards the playoffs, they run the ball a lot more. Like they're flashy and they have the highlight throws, but in a playoff game in the fourth quarter, you need to be able to run the ball, keep the defense off guard. And if they can't do that, um, they're going to be in trouble. All right. So Monday night matchup, we've got the the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Chicago Bears. Everybody's calling for Matt Nagy's head. Um, you know, you sent me a graphic, which I thought was hilarious. I think it was actually even the Chicago Bears Instagram of, of, Justin Fields, it was a graphic saying like, basically it was like a highlight and he rushed for a hundred yards. It's like, I don't know if they know that like the quarterback position, like it's whole in, the intent of, and purpose of the, of the position is to throw the ball. Like, I don't I've know yet, if they know I've that. yet to see a graphic of Justin Fields passing stats in seven weeks. <laughs> I haven't seen a highlight. I saw one highlight of him passing the ball and it was like, look at this angle on the football. And I was like, yeah, every NFL quarterback does that. Like that's your job. Like, it's your job to put the ball in a catchable position. That's why you get paid millions of dollars. Mac's going to be the best quarterback in this draft, I think, man. And I hate to say that because I love Trevor Lawrence. I, I do. I just think he's in – I think he is in such a bad situation. Um, anyway. So, Stillers Bears tonight, right? So, Stillers, we were both pretty bullish on them going into the season, right? They had some tough losses early, right? Lost to the Bills, looked like a playoff team – Loss of the Raiders, playoff team as of now. Loss of the Bengals and Packers, both playoff teams as of right now, right? Then they've kind of gone on a little stretch the last three games. Beat the Broncos, beat the Seahawks, beat the Browns, right? I, I don't think the Steelers are a great football team, but I think they're good enough to be in the mix. Um, I, I can't see them losing at home tonight. Monday night football, Justin Fields has been so bad. I mean, the Steelers office is bad too, but I just think – Give the ball but it's Matt Harris. Nagy, D. Let him it's run Matt it, bro. Nagy. I, I, lo- I, wa- I want the Bears to win just for Nagy, um, but I would also need Dalton to start. And he's not. Going would you to. take? <laughs> do you think this is for sure? <laughs> yeah. Do you think this is Nagy's last year in Chicago? Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, yeah. I think he's out. <laughs> All right. Give us your pick. I got Steelers uh, 24-17. Ooh, putting them some numbers. Big Ben going off. No, they're going to run the ball a lot. I got Mika. Fit, so I got Mika Fitzpatrick with a pick six, so that'll be a, that'll spot some points. Yeah, yeah, I like Mika, dude. He's a stud. All right, I'm gonna go uh, for sure. Pittsburgh. I'm gonna say twenty-one ten. Pittsburgh. Is there a touchdown? A Justin Fields rushing touchdown, or or how do they score the seven? Probably. Yeah. I think the, I think he gets a rushing touchdown maybe early, and then they'll get a field goal yeah. at some point. All right. I like it. And that's it. Well, that's going to wrap things up for episode 81 of the DNC podcast. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe to the pod and share friends, family, anybody uh, that that you know that likes sports. We greatly appreciate the support and uh, we'll see you guys next, next Monday and have a great week.